Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, also the founder. And with me today is Felice Matthew. And here's a bit about Felice. So he remembered watching his mother die slowly when he was 11. And he knew that only God could save her from HIV. And so he prayed and prayed. Yet despite his prayers, his mother died. And immediately after, he turned away from God. It only took 12 more months for murder and sickness to destroy all his family members that he had left. And then he became an orphan. That's just a buildup, y'all. He was in a unique position to ask and answer these powerful questions. So he did. He became obsessed with relationships and use his experience and expertise to dive deep into the most important aspect of any relationship, communication, from the Latin word meaning to share. Shortly after he met his wife, her father led him to Christ. After coming back to God, he started to make sense. God already had a perfect design for relationships and we were ignoring it. Uh, Today, he's on a mission to help spouses achieve unity in their marriage so that they can build community inside and out. And he's not stopping until they start raising themselves, ourselves, and our children with the unbreakable bond between two loving people. And without further ado, please welcome Felice Matthew to GEMS Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So today, Felice, we're going to unpack communication in marriage, but also in the other aspects of communication, because you went through some challenging times um, growing up, some of which were not mentioned in the bio, because I want to give you the ability to share that, because it definitely has built up to the man you are today. So share a little bit more about your background, and let's really connect the dots. Well, the introduction pretty much says a lot. Uh, my mother died. I never knew my real father. A few a few months after my my stepfather died, which was like a real father to me. Well, a few months after my mother died, my stepfather was murdered, and he was like a real father to me. And a few months after that, my granduncle died of diabetes. So within a year, I became an orphan. Now. I'm a counselor now, you know, and and when you're going through grad school and even in your undergrad degree, they make you do a lot of introspective work because the more you know yourself, the more you're able to 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 help patients and counsel patients. And I do realize that there are two possibilities that that um, someone would would you know, or rather, there are two outcomes to someone going through what I went through. One outcome is you have a hard time forming relationships. You just, you don't want to get close. You have commitment issues. You know, you reject any bonds. You're a loner. You know, you're the rebel. And the other outcome is you become obsessed. You know, I became obsessed with relationships. I mean, 
I don't think y'all understand how obsessed I was. I was a 13-year-old boy reading, like, relationship books. Like, um, there's a popular one back when I was growing up, and hopefully they don't tell my age too much, but the book that was popular back then, as popular as Think Like a Man, uh, is for, um, by Steve Harvey. It was called Men Are From uh, Mars and Women Are From Venus. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that book, but uh, that was a popular book back then that attempted to bridge the gap between men and women. And I was reading that book as a, you know, 13 year old, you know, so you don't get a lot of girlfriends, you know, when you're the type of guy that I am, because, you know, I would be like, yeah, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm looking for a wife to have five, six kids. You know, that's, that's not a, that's not something that gets you girlfriends. You know, I had a, and, you know, 10 years later, I realized that, you know, <laughs> but uh, I was that guy. I really wanted a family. I didn't want baby mamas. I wanted a wife. And I wanted to have, you know, a starting lineup for kids, you know what I'm saying? It's a basketball starting lineup because I was trying to recreate a family that, that I that I never had and I would never have. So that essentially is who I am and, and who I was growing up. And thank you for diving into that. So you're very family oriented by the sounds of it. You dove into relationships because the people that you love and knew were taken from you, whether it was natural causes or brutal causes such as murder. And then you became an orphan and versus spiraling down and out of, you know, reality, you spiraled into reality by educating yourself on what relationships are and you did it in a healthy way. So whenever you met your wife, because you, um, we talked about that in the bio, did you tell her, oh yeah, I want a wife and I want five and six kids. And are y'all going to have five to six kids? Are y'all <laughs> on that path? <laughs> <laughs> well, I met my wife years later, years. I didn't meet my wife till I was like 27, you know, so I had ups and downs and heartbreaks and, and pain and suffering all throughout that until I met my wife. But yeah, while we was dating, I was like, yeah, I want five or six kids. And she was like, no, we're not having five or six kids. And I thought, okay, we could be good friends. And then, you know, but she wasn't having it, you know, but, <laughs> but no, we, we have our first child after two years of marriage and, and, you know, we didn't think we could have children, but, you know, God blessed me with one. Uh, I would like to have another one, but the first pregnancy was so hard on my wife. Like I can't bear to see her go through that again. So I guess, you know, as long as I have a, a, a Christ fearing son and then, and then, you know, we do our best to, to have him be raised in this crazy world right now, I guess I'll be blessed. And she has a huge family, by the way, huge. No, I know y'all laughing. I, huge. So God is funny. So I didn't have a family. But my wife has a huge family, and I think that's why she doesn't want like five or six kids. So she essentially took care of all her cousins and her siblings. But just to give y'all a picture, y'all, I want y'all to get y'all calculator out, okay? So on her grandmother's side, there's 10 from one person, right? 10. And then the grandfather has outside kids. So he had like three or four outside kids. And between... Um, oh, and on the other side, the other, the dad side has 10 from the grandma and the grandpa has, so it gets crazy. Y'all do the math. It's, it's something to the third power or fourth power. Then you, you, you have to add the reciprocal and, and the pie, something like that, but it gets crazy. It gets, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. It's oh, a lot. Wow. I, 
I can resonate with the big families. Like, really? My, yes, my grandmother, well, we're Caribbean. On my, my mom is Caribbean and my dad was South American. So, and I had a very good relationship with my dad. He passed in November of 2020 due to medical negligence. So his, my grandma on my dad's side, had eight kids uh, with the same guy, <laughs> my grandpa. And then on my mom's side, my grandmother had 11 kids. And okay. then I'm now married to my husband who is kind of similar to you. He wanted five kids. I said, hell no, no ham, no cheese, no turkey. I'm not having that many kids. Uh, we can have what we can afford. And plus I like to travel and it's not cheap traveling with kids. Let me just be real y'all. So I told him, God is blessing us with a beautiful bundle of joy. And the next one, we could have two because one could go one place with the mom and one could go another place with the dad and it could be equally balanced. (laughs) So having a big family is amazing. But then also whenever you begin to build your family and relationship, it's so important that you have communication And before I even married my husband, we went through um, counseling. So we did premarital counseling for 12 weeks. And I kid you not, questions came up that I wouldn't have even thought about asking my husband. And we had homework and et cetera. And I bring that point up because you and I are going to spend some time talking about communication and in marriage and how important as well as effective it is. And I'm sure you probably have a little bit more years ahead of me. I don't know, cause you know, black don't crack like they say. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about like building a sturdy foundation communication wise and with you not really having um, a father figure but then your father-in-law stepped in and helped you. How important was that with grooming you? Oh, my father-in-law? Yeah. Did he play a uh, part in helping you develop in a sense? Absolutely. But my development came, you know, decades before him. Um, my father-in-law was actually a person who led me to Christ. And um, he was the first Christian man that I knew and that I had the privilege of seeing, you know, Jesus in their life just everywhere. It wasn't just something that they did on Sundays, you know? So um, that was important, but more so before I get to that. So in the process of looking for a wife, in the process of looking for someone to spend my forever with, you know, from books to movies to interviews, I was a kid in middle school who was writing like questions on notebooks and having people fill it out and pass it along. I was that guy. Yes, you remember those? Yeah, yeah, I was You were doing surveys before survey monkey? I was, I was that, I'm trying to tell y'all, I was that guy. And uh, essentially everything that I do on social media now, I was doing before social media, talking to people who've been married 40 or 50 years. Hey, well, you know, what's the meaning of love? And, you know, how do you keep it? All this stuff that I do now, I've been doing, you know, it's just crazy to me. But anyways, um, what really gave me that first layer of uh, uh, creating a long lasting marriage was those surveys, like, from middle school and up, and I used to work at Publix, and I, you know, at Publix, I don't know if they have a Publix where you are, but. No, we're in Texas, but they have them in Florida, and I love Publix. Yes, so I was working at Publix, and I would be the guy that's pushing the carts out, helping everybody out with their groceries, put it in the car, 
So I lived in a rich town, right? I was I lived in a rich town in a rich neighborhood. We wasn't rich, <laughs> you know, but I but I lived there, right? And so yeah, there'd be people. I'd find people that are married 20, 30, 40 years easily. It's not so common today, but easily back then, you know, for every 10 people I I, I brought outside, maybe six or seven of them, seven of them were married for 20 plus years. And I would ask them a whole bunch of questions and they loved it. You know, they, they were like, how old are you? You know, <laughs> you know, so I gathered all those information and I told myself that I'm going to be this guy based on the positives and I'm not going to be this guy based on the negatives. Now, of course, I wasn't perfect. That doesn't mean I perfectly did it, but I at least had like a compass, right? I had a blueprint. So that was the first layer. Uh, that's the very first important layer to me. And then the more and more I, I I talked to people personally and had my personal relationships, like friendships and people I called family, the more and more I became the guy that was the relationship guy that they came to for advice. Funny thing is, the majority of the time I was in a relationship giving them relationships advice. That's what was so funny to me. Like my longest relationship was when I met my wife. Prior to that, you know, you know, a whole lot of heartbreak that we could probably talk about in another episode, you know, but... But yeah, the first layer was really the survey. The first layer was really the survey that I did for like well up until I got married. Even even when I was in college, I took those surveys and did it in college. I would ask professors. I would ask random college students walking by. I would do videos. It's, it's, I really wanted to know how to make it last. I really did. Have you thought about taking the surveys and the responses you gathered over time to compile them in a book to educate other people and just put your own spin on it, like outside of think like a lady, act like a man, outside of men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and just have a Felice Matthew edition based on surveys? Well, I do have a book called A Christian Marriage Guide, uh, um, Preventing Arguments and Promoting Unity in a Christian marriage. So I didn't say, well, I did tell my bio and the surveys in there, but I did compile all that into a very easy, basic guide to addressing what I found to be the number one problem in marriage easily is, is, is poor communication. So I did put it there. And oftentimes if someone sends me a message on married um, at Instagram, or Facebook married is one and they say, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. I usually send them a free copy of my book anyway, just a just a way of saying thanks for the support. Okay, nice. And then so what are some of the feedbacks that you've received since your book has hit the market? Uh that is basic. It's simple. I didn't want to impress someone with my knowledge or big words, you know, or my connections or people I talked to. I didn't care about any of that. I wanted a clear-cut, simple, direct guide uh, for 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 someone to take, basically, to be able to go from arguing a lot in their marriage to 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 communicating effectively, fairly, and respectfully. So um, that's that's usually what I get. That's usually, oh man, it's simple. Oh, it's oh, I never thought about that. Or oh man, I, why is it so much more complicated than than I'm making it? So things like that, you know, I like more than, oh, your book was great. Because I, I, I like the compliment of what my intended purpose was. Okay, fair enough. And whenever you think about um, communication and marriage as a whole, what are some of the five tips that you would give to someone who is 
you know, going through some marriage turmoil to just really help them go from being on the rocks to getting on top of the rocks? You are great at asking questions. I tell you what, how's it going? But actually, you know, I hate to plug this in, but just so people can reference it later, I wrote an article uh, at my um, website, marriagesharing.com. And that's just a website I created to kind of share what I know and to get other people to share what they know as I partner with people. But marriagesharing.com, I wrote an article called um, 20 Common Marriage Problems. And if people read that, it gives them a, a fantastic head start. But just to name a few things to kind of get people to um, curious about it or to uh, desire to go and read it. No, people don't read these days. People people watch videos and listen to podcasts, which is great, you know, but one of them is check your pride. Oh my God. I had a post on Facebook that went mini viral and it was a picture of that my wife took of me because she's a photographer and I was dressed up. I was sitting on a chair and then caption I put, pride kills more marriages than death does and it went mini viral you know i didn't expect it you never know what's going to go viral these days right you know so and pride really does because here's what pride does pride doesn't say i'm sorry because it's not my fault it's your fault pride doesn't seek help because i don't want no one to know what i'm going through pride does not admit faults why because pride says i'm great i'm awesome i'm a king i'm a queen I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't have these things that I need to work on. Pride doesn't seek to do better. Why? Because I'm already great. You see how, you see how, I can name a dozen more, but you see how just those things, if left unchecked, can destroy marriages, right? So that's pride. Another one that's like a cousin of pride, that's like a pride's twin, is selfishness. Oh, on any given day, I could say pride is the number one or selfishness is the number one. Because here's what selfishness does. It takes many forms. It takes many forms. The form it's taken now is self-love. Oh, yeah, I got to love myself first. Okay. Now, if you're saying love yourself in the sense of, I got to make sure that mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I'm in a good place to be able to, to take care of someone else. That's great. That's just called self-care. But, Genesis, that's not, that's not, that's not how it's portrayed. If you really go and look at these videos and read these captions and stuff, that's not what it is. They're saying self-love means I matter more to you. I'm not going to settle for what you're giving me. You're got to meet all these things on my list because if you don't, I'm settling for you. Right. You got to check everything because I'm perfect. So you got to be perfect for me. You know, oh, I have this. I'm this. So if you don't meet that, then I'm settling and that's not loving myself. Let me let me let me really take some time with this one, all right? Because this is annoying me so much that I I created a whole talk about it, and I'm gonna preach it to the death of me because this is this is pretty bad, right? When you think of a good parent, Genesis, do you think of a good parent as a parent that puts their needs before their child's? A mother's love is said to be the exactly right. A mother's love is said to be the greatest love, right? You ever seen? The, the protection, the love, the sacrifice, the nurture of a good mother. Have you ever witnessed that? Oh, yeah. A mother, like, I would tear someone's face off for my baby. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm, I'm cute exactly. and holy, but there was a cute shirt that says, I'm half, <laughs> half holy, half hood. <laughs> Amen. Amen. St. A. Sinner. Yes, Lord. St. A. Sinner. Bless her heart, Jesus. 
Okay, so now when you picture being that good mother, that great mother, do you picture selfish acts? Do you no. picture selfish acts? You picture selfless. Exactly. So this self-love is is poison. It's poison and it's disguised as, oh, I'm, that just means I, you know, I can't be drowning and, and then save someone that's drowning. Right. But we're not talking about that definition. Your definition is your needs comes first. No, no. A mother's love, which is a great example of love. No, their child's needs come first. Right. So that's another one. Here's another one. Ignorance. Oh, my God. Right. If I told you I'm your job is to be a lifeguard. And you got to save people from drowning. And there is something that you do not know to be able to do your job. And you do not find out. That ignorance can get you and other people killed. That's how serious ignorance can be. But yet people are ignorant with certain aspects in their marriage. And they don't seek help. Why? It could be pride that I mentioned first. It could be selfishness. Or it could be you just do not know. You just don't know. You don't know that you don't know. You think you know. You don't know that you don't know. Which brings me to a, another point that I just land my plane on. Truth. Oh, my God. People are so much more comfortable with lies these days than truth. Truth is offensive. Lie to me. Lie to me. Tell me that my baby is cute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I'm the type of person, you ask me a question, and you're telling me you want to know the truth. So your baby ugly, hey, your baby ugly. Well, every baby is, is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Yep, and I'm just a man. Yeah, uh-huh. You ask me, I think your baby ugly. I, 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 your breast stink. I'm that type of person. You should not ask me. You're giving me my opinion. Beauty's in the eye to behold where these eyes behold something ugly. So I don't know what you want me to say. You ask, you ask me, Genesis, you know, hey, I'm not saying it's right, but that's my truth. Okay, so I don't want to lie because I'm going to have to keep lying every single time I'm placed in that situation. But people don't want to lie because they fear consequences. I mean, people don't want to tell the truth because they fear consequences. People don't want to tell the truth because they fear people's outcomes and reactions. And they don't want to be judged a certain way or looked at a certain way. Or they don't want to tear down this image that people have of them, right? But I'll tell you the truth. And these over 20 years that I've looked at marriages and relationships fell or ended in divorce or even murders. Lies have destroyed more lives than truth has, by far, by far. And when it comes to relationships, people don't look at it like that, right? Oh, it's just a little white lie. Oh, what they know, don't know, won't hurt them. They justify lying, but then they demand truth from their spouse. They justify lying, but they demand their doctors tell their truth about their health. They justify lying, but they demand that their employer pays them accurately. You see what I'm saying? You see the hypocrisy? which is another one I can name, but we're going to stop right there because I, well, you get, you get my pressure up, Genesis, I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, my pressure's going up. And I guess some other um, ones I'll add from my perspective, finances, finances, intimacy, um, family dynamics that are changing, especially if one person wants another kid, but the other one feels content. Um, blended families, because when you start to listen to outside sources, versus the prime source and that king or queen that you married, then the relationship can get soured because you're allowing external voices and factors to intervene in a sacred union. 
Another thing too could be um, jobs like careers because nowadays you see both um, spouses who are dual careers, they both work, they both wanna you know, fulfill certain things and that could also drive a wedge. And especially if one spouse's career is accelerating faster than another, and now there are women who are making more money than men out there. And let's just be real. And some men, you know, their ego doesn't want, doesn't want that because they're, they feel like they're supposed to be the provider. But what you can do is meet your spouse halfway and talk about it and see what can y'all do. And then even if things are changing too, like there are men that are stay-at-home dads now versus stay-at-home moms. Never make assumptions without talking to your other um, half about it. And then we have this thing in our house, which are like house rules or they're called love rules. It's on this plaque that we um, bought. You should always go on dates to keep your relationship spicy love each other, um, communicate. And then there's some other things. I wish I had it in front of me right now, but I don't. So I'm just trying to summarize it, but it's like a good reminder. We keep it in our living room area because that's a place where everyone congregates. And then it's also a reminder because it's right above the TV because the TV tells you a vision, but then you should have an own vision of your life. So I just wanted to interject those there. And Felice, as we begin to wind down, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your personal call to action for this segment that will help them jumpstart or reignite their communication in their marriage. Absolutely. Well, let me give you the advice to kind of jumpstart it. And it's really about learning, (laughs) learning to see things from your spouse's perspective. It's really that simple. Put your feelings on hold, put your expectation on hold, put your thoughts on hold, put your your past on hold and truly see it from their perspective. Here's a technique, argue with yourself. If you feel like this person should do this and, and you think, and they disagree with you, well, argue against yourself, argue as if you were them. That helps you see a different lens. Instead of thinking that because you feel it, because you think it, because you you want it, that it automatically should happen. Because when you do that, marriage is not about you two. It's just about you, right? So that's the first thing. And my call to action is really just to join the community. Like I, I'm in grad school right now become, to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. And my, my, my desire is to really help whole families stay whole, especially in our Black communities. I mean... The stats is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Go go look it up. It's ridiculous. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. So if you want to join the community and, and, and the mission of keeping whole families whole, then go on my Facebook, Married as One. And on there, you click the link in my profile and you'll see a whole bunch of resources, a whole bunch of tabs. And one of those tabs is join the community. That way you can stay updated to all the movements and and be a part of improving marriages, if not for each other, then for the next generation of kids. Because right now, kids don't even believe in marriages. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And you are so true. They do not. Because I know some people, they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to be booed up. And I said, well, you're shacking and living together. You know, some states are common law marriage. So 
why not legalize it? But you know, that's a different topic we're going to have to dive into on another day. But Felice, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you on social media? Plug your social media. And if you have a website that's your one-stop shop, plug that too. (laughs) Well, as I said earlier, Married as One on Instagram and on Facebook. There you'll you can click the link in my profile and it'll give you everywhere that I am online. If you want some written articles for people that still read these days, you know, these dinosaurs that still read these days and blogs and stuff, I've written several articles uh, on different aspects of communication and marriage that you can check out. And it's called marriagesharing.com at marriagesharing.com. Wow. And there you have it. We heard Felice Matthew talked about communication and marriage. Communication is key. Remember, more lives have been taken short due to lying. (laughs) So think about that. Those white lies add up over time and you don't want those white lies to lead you down a path that you didn't imagine to be on because you couldn't open your mouth and tell the truth because you allowed pride and selfishness as well as ignorance to get the best of you. Remember the vows that you said to your spouse, let that reignite every day and spark something inside of you to continue to fall in love with them on a daily basis. We are in a marathon, not a sprint. And every day is not going to be perfect, but make every day as perfect as you can. So think about that and reverse it. So until we chat (laughs) next time. Genesis, Genesis. Do you mind if I end with a poem? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I I forgot to say this earlier, and I usually do this on my podcast, but during the time where I was surveying stuff and looking at relationships, I didn't talk to people about it much, right? Because I still felt sheltered and no one understood what it was to have no blood relatives. So I took all my observations and I put it in poems. And this is one of the first poems that I ever put it in. And uh, it's called um, Pupils of Reality. I change the name all the time, but I, I call it I See Men or Pupils of Reality. I haven't decided yet, even after all this time. But I see men that want to be men, but these men are just want to be men that pretend to be men. So please men, at ease men, being a man doesn't consist of consistent plans of deceiving women and releasing semen. I see men that get chills from children. Instead of taking the time to instill the skills of wisdom in them, they support their child through child support and think, yo, that's how you raise them. Yet expect children to praise them. Being a father is just a phrase to them. They're like, eh, why bother? It's just a phase to them. And this predicament, I predict men that dollars don't make sense, men, since it's just senseless. I see women who woo men try to rule men, meet a Tarzan man and try to tame him, rearrange him. See, their aim is to change him like colors on leaves that hang on trees when those trees go through seasons. But see, men, once we change men, that's when we become lame to them. Fellas wonder why, well, the truth is underlined. It's a shame, but it's no lie, it's just a game to them. And that's just a, a little piece of, of a longer piece of just taking my observations and, and kind of putting it in a format that I could get it out one day. Ah, nice. And there you go. Uh, We had some special bars dropped by a poet. So until we have um, Felice Matthew back for part two, we're going to leave it there for that. 
And um, as I always like to sign out with peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe, save, and share this podcast with family members and friends. We are on 40 plus platforms and you can follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp and leave a review. We want to know what are your thoughts? Are there any areas of improvement? Feedback is a gift. Remember that. So until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.